live on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. A new day brings new topics. Our sports talk brings extensive debate and analysis by the host, expert contributors, and callers. We discuss it all. Join us weekdays at 6 p.m. and 7 p.m. on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. And we're live and in full effect at the crossroads where life and sports intersect. And I'm your host, Coach TJ, and on the corner of life and sports with me, I have my co-host, Miss Princess Cooper. Guys, give it up for her. <laughs> hey, Thomas, how are you? I am doing fantastic. We've got to get some sound effects. When I announce you, like, you know, we do like a clap for you because, you know, you're here doing this thing you know, as um, as showrunner, station manager. And once again, I just want to thank you for welcoming me, you know, to the Never Had It So Good Sports Talk Radio family and allowing me to have my voice and, and offer a different perspective, you know, on sports. So um, big shout-out to you and the Never Had It So Good Sports Talk family. Thank you, Thomas. Thank you. Um, it is my pleasure. I have said to you from, you know, the first or second meeting, um, conference call that uh, you're exactly what we need in order to grow, and I stand by that. So let's do it. Let's get started. All right. Before we get started, I want to take time out to pay tribute um, to Joe Madison, the Black Eagle, who has transitioned um, yesterday, and someone that's been in broadcasting forever and has been the activist um, leader of the NAACP. Detroit chapter, I mean, his credits go way back. And one of his signature um, statements, he would say to callers, when someone would call in and complain about the state of America, the state of politics, he would say, what are you going to do about it? Don't just call into the show and complain. Get out there and get active. And for myself, you know, sitting on this idea to launch a radio program, this is what has inspired me to not, you know, it's not that he passed me, he passed me a torch, but, you know, he lit a torch for me and inspired me to be here to offer a different perspective on sports, to talk to you about topics, you know, know, that you may not cover in sports because sports crosses life, whether it's politics, entertainment, relationships, economics, so we're going to talk to you about everything. It tied all into sports. It's not designed to um, to um, solve the problem, but just to give you a perspective to make you to make you think. And we're going to be here every week, Fridays at 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You know, dropping knowledge with my co-host Princess Cooper and other guests that will inform you and change perspectives on what we have to offer. Um, Princess, um, wow. So you ready to jump into it? Do you got something to say? or? Yeah, I'm ready to jump Let's into go. it. I do want to say, up. you know, uh, thank you, that he was considered the black eagle, or he, he referred to himself sometimes as that. And you're right. That's the one thing, the challenge question, what are you going to do about it? And um, I challenge all of us to continue to ask ourselves that, and in his honor, do some movement for sure. That's it, Thomas. Yeah, absolutely. And before we get started, I want to give a happy 
birthday shout out to my future son-in-law, Hugh Bayard. His birthday is actually to actually tomorrow. Hugh is oh man, he's he's in Congress as a staffer on the Senate on the Senate side, doing some big things as a member of Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated. So I definitely want to wish him a birthday shout out. Um, I'm so proud of him, and I've you know, watched his development over the last few years, and I've grown to love this dude as a friend, a son, and even as a mentor. You know, you could never be too old to have a mentor. And even though I'm older than him, I've learned a lot from him. I'm just proud, proud to know him. Amen. Happy birthday. Happy <laughs> birthday. <laughs> Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, so, tonight, I want to get into, you know, before we really start getting started with everything, you know, sports and how it offers cover, you know, for life. When you're sitting watching a sports event or you're at a sports event live, whatever you have going on in your life, you kind of forget about because sports is like it engulfs you into into what's going on at that moment. I've been at um, youth football events, high school events. Um, I was watching um, pro wrestling, the Royal Rumble last week, and for that three-hour programming, I forgot about everything that was going on, and my eyes was just was just glued to the TV watching those um, athletes. So, you know, we definitely you know should appreciate and admire sports you know, for what it brings to the table, you know, for us, entertaining us. And also, yeah. you know, we're in mental competition and reliving, you know, our glory days as, as if, you know, we have a stake <laughs> in it. <laughs> you know, you can actually hate someone because, you know, they're a 49ers fan or a Cowboys fan. I can hate all the time because I'm a Cowboys fan. And I, you know, I talk my junk and I walk my walk, and I'm, I'm going to continue doing it until we win. And do it even yeah. even more after we win because that is coming, folks. It's coming. So, you know, what what is your take on that sports distractions and how, you know, us as fans and even us as um, commentators here, you know, we how we get into it. You know, you're correct, and and I had to think about that once I saw that uh, on our list of topics to talk about. It's a welcome distraction, and sometimes I plan that distraction, you know, okay, when are the um, Florida Gators playing in men's basketball, women's basketball? It is that time of season for college basketball. And and then locally here, I've become entrenched with um, or at least enamored with, with Dawn Staley and her success um, at 19-0 and 0 for the year, the only um, undefeated team left in college basketball right now. So you're, you're right. And for those two hours or three hours, um, you do become fully entrenched and, and, and it becomes a distraction and you look up and you go, wow, okay. Um, and that has relaxed your mind and focused on something um, that, you know, that you want to do and that you really love. Now, when it comes to my Dallas Cowboys or our Dallas Cowboys or Absolutely. my Florida Gators, it, it becomes a little bit more emotional. And, you know, we, we want validation that the team – that we love and so much that they of course they're successful. You know, we don't we don't pick anything but winners. I think it goes beyond that. Um, and I think you know that investment of time and fandom and fanaticism sometimes leaves us disappointed. But for the most part, um, team sports is, is my distraction, and I'll watch anything. 
Yeah, you know, and just you know, piggyback off of that, I, I was like I said, I was watching the Royal Rumble um, last week, and I'm always amazed. I went and looked at the numbers, and WWE viewership is up 13 percent from from event to event to event. They're constantly constantly growing, and just the production of of the event, from the broadcasting to performers and everything that goes on to for mm-hmm. us to watch the event on on Peacock, and even though we know that the event is scripted, but he was, he was, I was getting emotionally involved, you know, just watching these athletes, you know, do what they do, and I was like, yo, i got to bring some wrestling talk. So in the future, guys, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be doing some wrestling talk, you know, for a segment and breaking it down, because I know a lot of people, they may not admit it, but they, but they watch Monday Night Raw. They watch SmackDown. They watch you know NXT and you know, AWA, and and because it, it just provides you know relief from whatever stresses we have you know going on you know out there in the world. So you know your thoughts, comments, you know um, to my call-in family. You know you're definitely welcome to you know to call in and chime in about. You know, whatever we're talking about or whatever you want to bring to the table, we're here. Yeah, 347-637-3286. As a matter of fact, you can call in right now because this is the first one of our shows in this progression of training that we went ahead and publicized that we're doing live. And my thoughts about wrestling is, Thomas, is that you got me because that's one that I probably yeah. um, <laughs> don't participate much in. And you're correct, I do catch Monday Night Raw, but a lot of times it's, um, you know, at the midnight hour when it's it's going through its progression for over in the West Coast um, because, of course, we're live every night at 7 p.m., 6 p.m., so I kind of miss the, the, the live performance um, or show. But you're right. You're more into it yeah. than I am, but um, yeah. I do catch myself watching and not wanting to admit it. That's right. If you, if you are watching wrestling, pay attention to a up-and-coming star, Jade Cargill. She just signed uh, with the WWE, one of their rising superstars, and it's good to see at, at the, as the face of WWE, along with Bianca Belair, which are two African-American women that are here mm-hmm. to stay and are super, super talented um, in the arena and outside of the arena as as well. So, Folks, like I said, if you're not a wrestling fan, you know, pay attention to it. Uh, but we definitely want to break it down and talk about it, especially leading up to um, to WrestleMania. Uh, you know, um, yeah. Princess, we just hit our marker for our first commercial break. So when we come back, you know, we're going to break down the NFC and AFC Championship games. You know, from last week, it's been a week since I talked to you and been on the air. So we're going to definitely give a recap and and get and break down our thoughts of those two um, those two games. We'll be back after the break. At Vintage Labs Collection, we are a multifaceted team of medical professionals dedicated to delivering the best quality products to patients. Our mission is to deliver the best supplement and patient outcomes in healthcare environments and consumer homes. Chat with our consulting pharmacists by visiting our website at www.vintagelabscollection.com. Supplements are not highly regulated, but Vintage Labs holds the standards higher than most. You're inside Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. Join us live weekdays at 7 p.m. 
and on-site at Hills Barbershop on Fridays at 5 p.m. We make it easy to talk sports. And we're back. I'm your host, Coach TJ, and once again, I'm with my co-host, Princess Cooper, and we're live at the crossroads where life and sports intersect. And, Princess, let's jump into the recap. Um, I'm so disappointed uh, from the outcome because I was rooting for it all, Animal Super Bowl. I was rooting for the Ravens. I was rooting for the Lions. I feel so sad about, um, you know, the city of Detroit, you know, losing and the city of Baltimore. I felt those two cities um, definitely deserved it. But um, both teams left points on, 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 on the gridiron, you know. Yeah. And – Wow, I, you know, I'm just you know for for that Baltimore Chiefs game, you know Lamar Jackson, you know, and I've been listening to you know analysis of the game and watching different things, and he didn't play up to his full capabilities, and no. it wasn't like the Chiefs did, did anything special to limit him. He limits himself, and. There were opportunities within the game for him to run and make things happen, and he wanted to sit back in the pocket and flow. But what got him there was the versatility of having, you know, the one-pass option, and they went away from that, and which was their formula um, for him. So I was really disappointed in watching that. And then, you know, two penalties, they really played undisciplined, and – it wasn't that the Chiefs did anything special. They really didn't make a lot of mistakes coming in there. And Patrick Mahomes made things happen with his legs, extending plays, and with Keith, with Keith um, third down throws and controlling yeah. the clock. Um, and I was just like, wow, this game should be in opposite. It, it was like they, they switched places. So uh, what is your thoughts on that? And I know you're kind of mad, too. I know you picked the Baltimore, right? No, no. I picked the Chiefs and the 49ers. You sure, um, you sure about that? Oh, I'm positive. That. <laughs> <laughs> I'm positive. And as a matter of fact, I said, I'm not going to pick against Patrick Mahomes. Um, uh, as it stands yes, now, he's in the era um, where he um, has a formula for winning. And um, I think that combo of Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes really worked, worked. And that combo of Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes worked in that first quarter. And I, I really thought that set the tone for the game. I thought that um, Lamar Jackson uh, played like the weight was on his shoulders. And yes. um, I, I, I thought he played like that. But even in doing that, too, um, I, I didn't like the play calling. And I thought it left something to be desired. Because Spagnola, the defensive coordinator for the Chiefs, were dialing up blitzes and packages, and I, I thought more running was should have been done. I think there were 16 run plays, and eight of them were by Lamar. Six were by um, the the running backs, and then the other two by um, a wide receivers. Um, a, a couple by Zay Flowers, I think. But uh, right. they have the the best running. Um, rushing, uh, they're the best rushing team in the NFL. 
They didn't show that in that game. It's not not even close. And remember, I gave Todd Monken so much credit from being able to mix it up, you know, as as they're down and up, no no plays. And it looked like the Greg Roman offense. You know, to to be honest, I I, I don't know, like, what happened. And I would love for someone to give a – you know, explanation of that. And on defense, it couldn't, you know, the Chiefs were doing things at will. But Patrick Holmes, like I said, Patrick Mahomes looked, looked great. I mean, this looks like, you know, a Chiefs team that has a, pers- a purpose and mission, and they look like the Chiefs team are all in it. And it seems like it doesn't, it doesn't matter, you know, who, who they have uh, with, with receivers they find a way to get it done and do things at the right time. And I thought Matt Nagy and, um, and Andy Reid will struggle on offense against his Baltimore um, defense, which is normally uh, ferocious. It shuts sh- down yeah. you know, the, you know, the, the opponent. So, like I said, I was surprised in what I was, in what I was watching. And I don't know who I'm going to, you know, pick um, in the Super Bowl because it seems like I don't really have a dog in the fight. I just want to see, you know, some great, you know, football. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, and I didn't yeah, have a dog in the fight so either. Hard. Yeah, it really has. But, TJ, I didn't have a dog in the fight in, in the four teams that were left. But um, I found myself just rooting for individuals. Um, but I thought it was, right. it was huge, huge that Kansas City came into Baltimore and got that win. But even with all of that, the Ravens still had two opportunities to, to get in the end zone. They threw an interception down that, and before that, Zay Flowers fumbled at the, at the goal line, you know. And, and, and that had to be heart-wrenching for true Ravens fans because if you think about it, if Kansas City doesn't score anymore and Baltimore scores in those, it's 24, you know. What yeah, is it, 24-17. 24-17, right. Exactly. Um, and then the the last thing I want to say about the Ravens is that I thought they had a lot of unnecessary penalties and they let their emotions get out of control. Um, Zay that Flowers, really you know, and I don't that, know. That, was a, that shouldn't have been a penalty because the guy was holding on to his leg. There was a lot of tussling, you know, going on when they were mm-hmm. on the ground. So I can't understand. Okay, I've let's, seen let's that say we eliminate that times one. with no penalty. Yeah, let's say we eliminate that one. What a, you know, the – the defensive um, lineman sticking his arm out and, and really clocking uh, Patrick Mahomes, you know, <laughs> that was definitely not, not yeah, necessary. Was, yeah. So <laughs> you had to yeah, laugh on yeah. that one. See, yeah. Yeah. yeah but that, all in all. Yeah, that has to be called. <laughs> that has to be called, you know. So, um, but the, hopefully the Ravens um, will learn from this. But it is the second time they've been the number one seed um, during Lamar's tenure um, and come away with nothing. And I don't know if I like that. I'm going to write a blog about that. I don't know if I like that number one seed. Uh, of course, it gets you, you know, some rest and you can recover. But the teams come out so rusty, I think, um, when they have that bye week off and they come into it. And I thought that the Ravens showed that rust. You know, the first half of the Texans playoff game, and I right. thought the 49ers showed rust in both games that they played. 
um, they showed that uh, inconsistency in both games. So I don't know if, if I want to be the number one seed. Um, you want to come in there and, and get some consistency and have some momentum coming into that second that second weekend, which both teams did, um, the, the Chiefs did, and the Lions did. Um, and we're going to talk about that next. Yeah, you know, the one, you know, the one thing I, I can say about Baltimore, you know, remember Peyton Manning's Colts, you know, knocked on their door about three to four times before they got in and won that Super Bowl. Yeah. I don't think I don't think the Ravens are are done. I think I think next year they do you know you know accomplish their goals and and get it done. You know, um, just like you know the Eagles don't want to compare them to last year's Eagles who didn't win the Super Bowl, but there was a it was a good buildup before they actually got to the mountain the mountaintop. They just couldn't close it. You know, facing mm-hmm. you know Patrick Mahomes. And now you have to start to look at it like, could we, could we be seeing, you know, our generational quarterback in, in Patrick Mahomes right now? Because since this guy has become starter, he either finds himself in the Super Bowl or the AFC Championship game. So his yeah. first six years of his career um, – is matching up to Tom Brady's, and actually he has them in passing yards. You know, of course, mm-hmm. Patrick has had better receivers, and, and there's things on defense now that, that a defender can't do. So, yes, the numbers are inflated, but you know, the winning percentage is about the same. I think Patrick is a little bit – has a little bit more. So, you know, we're watching something special you know, right now with, with the Kansas City with the Kansas City Chiefs, and it's great. It's good to see Andy at the back at the back end of his career. You know, he's finding you know much success with being older and wiser and being able to develop Patrick in that team in a certain way that he couldn't do with the Philadelphia uh, with the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, I, I can't say enough about Patrick Mahomes, and I want to say he came out of Texas Tech if I'm not mistaken, Um, but six straight AFC championship games. And I think he is living up to the hype as being being that next, um, you know, one that seems to be the best out there. And and he's, you know, as you said, he's exceeding some of Tom Brady's numbers. And I was going to say that the the days of um, Peyton Manning and Tom Brady, you know, being standing there at the end, um, every year, those are gone. But here we have Patrick Mahomes maybe sometimes mirroring that same success. Um, I do want to go back to the Ravens, though, and say um, I don't know what happened to Odell Beckham because he was supposed to be the experience and bring in that, you know, um, that championship experience. And I don't think he really uh, had, was involved in the game plan or part of the game plan no, until the, the, the fourth quarter. And by that time, I thought it was was too late. But, yeah, Patrick Mahomes still has – I mean, Patrick Mahomes. Um, Lamar Demetrius Jackson still has time. But <laughs> as we know, too, that he he probably needs more weapons. But that window of opportunity does not stay open long. Ask the Eagles. You know, they, they look world beaters and get to the Super Bowl, you know, <laughs> and then they come back the next year and they're 10-1, and one, and then the wheels fall off. So – um, it's hard to keep everybody intact. Um, hey, and, uh, yeah. 
for instance, you know, real quick, to add, they just hired Kellen Moore. Like, like oh, boy, their yeah. office is going nowhere. And he was just fired. I'm like, I love it. What I what is disappointing about that as much as yeah, is is as much as I could care less about the Eagles, is that Jalen Hurts now has had three different offensive coordinators in three years. Yes. So um and here he goes with the third one. And I don't know if that can help him. Kellen Moore, let's see what he does. I, I don't know if I, I disliked him with the Cowboys, but um I don't I don't think he's one of my favorites. And I'm I'm not pleased with the Cowboys until they do something with McCarthy. So um, yeah, and we, we've really gotten all, all yeah, did, did that, yeah, that's a whole, that's a whole, nother, that's a whole another <laughs> show. We'll be, well, we're going to jump into our, <laughs> jump to the Cowboys, you know, after um, after our main break. But jumping over to the NFC, you know, with that game between Detroit and San Francisco, that was that was a great game. That yeah. that game, uh, Detroit really showed me something. But you know, Detroit is so young. The saying, you know, you don't know what you don't know, and they play, you know, carefree. You know, Dan Campbell put it all on, put it all out there. You know, even though they were questionable calls, you know, does he, you know, in that fourth down, he, you know, he goes for it. But that's what mm-hmm. got him there. And if, um, if Jared Goff completes that pass, no one is sitting here, you know, second guessing Dan Campbell. And I'm really impressed. You know, with uh, with you know with him, and I'm, I'm impressed. You know, with the defensive coordinator um, Aaron Aaron Jones, and that team that team is is here to, is here to stay. I was I was impressed with you know Jamar Gibbs. I was actually impressed with Jared Goff. You know, he managed the game. He did everything yeah. for Detroit to to win that game, and it forced San Francisco to really dig deep, you know, to win that game. You can't say enough about Christian McCaffrey. You can't say enough about Brock Purdy, who went from game manager to game changer, but there were plays within that game where he made some things happen. He was, you know, the hockey term, you know, for um, when you say a goalie, is standing on his head because he's just blocking everything. <laughs> he was it was outer body what he was doing and making things happen, making picking up key first down, key runs. You know when it wasn't there, pulling it down. He played the way I thought Lamar Jackson should have played. You know, there just, you go. Just looking at just looking at the game. So I'm very I'm very impressed. You know, with Brock Purdy and I I you know. Like I said, I'm caught in the middle. You know, I don't know if I want to see Kansas City win and all the Swifty fans, you know, you know, out there. And, and I have nothing against Taylor Swift, you know. Um, but it's kind of hard now to root against San Francisco because you got to admire, you know, ownership groups and the GM groups that that um, that pull the trigger and, and and bring in the right deals. You know, people say, well, Brock Purdy is surrounded. By so much talent, well, that's not his fault. <laughs> you know, nope. you know the management group made it happen because they recognize, hey, this is what my team needs to win. You know, we don't want our quarterbacks to be a game changer. We want them to manage the situation, and we're going to give them the best pieces to do so. So, 
you know, big shout out, you know, to the San Fran organization. I know a few people, I'm not going to mention any other hosts at this channel, <laughs> you know, I've been going back and forth with, you know, um, Mr. Walker, you know, um, you know, a big time seven, you know, San Francisco 49ers fan. But um, like I said, I really enjoyed, you know, that game. And like I said, my rooting interest was Detroit. But it is what it is, Princess. It is what it is with that. And your thoughts? My thoughts are is that once we got to halftime, I said to myself, it'll be really disappointing um, to Detroit, the state of Michigan, if they don't win this game. Because they looked flawless in that first half. Um, and the running game was on. And Jared Goff was on. And three rushing um, uh, uh, touchdowns in that first half. But you could tell um, when the momentum started switching over, when the 49ers came out a different team, and they used Christian, Christian McCaffrey, looked really good. Debo Samuels got a lot of um, very strong runs. Um, but right. Brock Purdy played like Lamar Jackson, and he's, he got himself three or four third-down conversions with his legs. Um, I, I thought he was poised and looked really well and um, picked them apart in the second half. And um, when it became, I think, 24-17, we started saying, uh-oh. And um, still, you know, uh, the Detroit had an opportunity. They did kick a field goal to make it 34-31, and then the onside kick, which they did not, you know, um, recover. So then, you know, we're, we're down to that. But um, give the 49ers credit to spot someone that many points and then come back and, and, and take the game. Um, and um, what were you going to say, TJ? No, I was going to say, remember my, do you remember my text messages in the group between myself, you yeah. and Kevin, and how I was, and how I was bloating? Yeah, <laughs> you, you know, were. When, when, they were when, when they were up and I was talking about Jamar, I was talking about Jamar Gibbs. That was, that was right before the fumble. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I was like, oh, my God, I, I cannot believe this. And I was sitting here talking to my wife. I had to stop watching. Like, wait a minute, maybe I'm jinxing, you know, jinxing the Lions by watching so closely. And it was like everything that could go wrong went wrong. What about the past? You know, that's when you know the football guys are now on your side. What about the pass that bounces off the face mask and pops into the receiver's arms? I'm like, what's uh, going on mm-hmm. here? I was like, oh, yep. I'm like, it's over now. It's over. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's over. You know, the football guys were on the 49ers side. And that, folks, and that can't be scripted. That was nope. just, that was just awareness. That was awareness yep. on the body's part. That does not that does not happen every day. And usually a pass like that is intercepted or knocked down and it just happened to pop up and it's a conference concentration by the receiver to be able to still locate the ball and bring it in, you know, was was remarkable. And when that like once Look again, for the ball, bring happens, it in, move for it. Yeah, yeah when that happens, you're over. like okay. <laughs> game, yeah, yeah. I, and I thought that was really, um, you know, deflating because remember Brock Purdy was getting chased and the Lions were bringing the pressure. And I, when he threw it, I was like, "That's going, that's going to be incomplete. That's going to be incomplete." And when the catch was made, I was just like, "Man, this, I'm <laughs> done. I can't believe, 
I sent out all those celebratory text messages, you know, laughing and gloating. Yeah. You know, for the lions, uh-huh. for the lions to lose it like that. But it just shows you, you know, what kind of team the 49ers is and their, their experience. They're ready for the moment. They stepped up and they closed the deal. And maybe, you know, next year or two years down the line, Detroit can find themselves in that same position where they're winning these games and closing the door on situations, you know, that, that, they're, that, that they're in. But year three, year three, Dan Campbell and the Detroit Lions, and they have a 12-win season, and they get to the NFC Championship game. Um, so hopefully they can retain who they need to retain and, and right. draft well and have this opportunity uh, next year. But, again, I say the same thing. That window does not stay open for long. But if they can keep the nucleus, and I'm talking about the Detroit Lions, um, welcome back to the NFL. They're still one of one or two, three teams that have never made it to the Super Bowl, and I and I want right. them to to make it there. But now, let me just say that even after all of that, if I have to choose between my Cowboys going and them going, okay, you know, Lions sit down, yeah. I could care less. But you know, it's yeah, a feel good story. <laughs> yeah, you know, just, just you know, you. you if you're like the Buffalo Bills of the NFC, then all you yeah. know you go to. No, I'm sorry, no, not the Buffalo Bills, but they made it to the Super Bowl. But they if you're the, the Philadelphia Eagles, if uh, you're the Philadelphia mm-hmm. Eagles, and you keep going to the NFC game, and you don't get over, and you don't get over the hump, and you're playing our Dallas Cowboys, and we're going to get into some Cowboy talk, you know, after the break. If that's your fortune, I would love it. Because that's better what you did in the last 60 years. So think about that, folks. Yeah, <laughs> Are you looking I agree. at a new version of the Andy Reid Philadelphia Eagles and the, in, in the Detroit Lions? So we're about wow. to hop into a break. And mm-hmm. we got to pay some bills, Princess. And, I, and I, you know, I don't want to get dinged here. So we'll be right <laughs> back with that Cowboys talk. Do you need tile installed in your home or business? Then John Robinson Tile LLC is the company for you. We have over 60 years of experience installing tile. We do bathrooms, kitchens, and so much more. Give us a call at 803-529-0092. Check out our website at www.johnrobinsontile2.com. Visit us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, too. Just search J-Rob Tile or John Robinson Tile. We're licensed and insured and Schluter certified. If you need tile installed, we are your company. We believe in laying hands on everything that we do. That's John Robinson Tile Installation Service for new and old homes. Renovation of kitchens and bathrooms installs all types. That's John Robinson Tile, the number two, dot com. And we're live and in full effect at the crossroads where life and sports intersect. And I know, Princess, I said it's going to jump into some cowboy talk, and we definitely will. But quick shout-out to Coach Prime and the Colorado Buffaloes and how Coach Prime is changing um, the scene in college football. Um, Coach Prime recently has started 
his own social media class where he's actually the professor. They're teaching athletes how mm-hmm. to, and students how to monetize their social media presence. And I don't know anyone out there that will be a better professor, teacher than, than Coach Prime to teach young athletes, you know, how to do that. And once again, that adds a huge uh, recruiting advantage because nowadays it is about social media presence. And when it comes to, to um, been there and done that and is doing it, you know, 100 times over with the amount of exposure that Coach Prime is not only giving to, giving to himself in the University of Colorado, you know, which goes into ticket sales, apparel, and, you know, and everything else, I've never seen so much news to come out about one team in the off season prior to Coach Prime taking his job at at, at Colorado, you know, which leads into he just had the number one quarterback in the country, um, Juju Lewis, you know, visit official visit to Colorado um, last Saturday. Um, this kid is six one, the one hundred ninety five pounds, almost four thousand yards of passing and an almost 1,300 yards rushing. <laughs> you know, an amazing athlete, you know, the class of 2025 to take Shador Sanders, you know, place. Mm-hmm. So Coach Prime, you're going to start to see him being able to bring in the top high school recruits going into this year's class than his last two classes, which, which, were, um, which were more concentrated on transfers than high school recruits, now you're going to start to see a balance as now Coach Prime yeah. is getting the program to where he wants to be. So he's able to fast-track it last year in bringing in bodies to replace the bodies from the, from the bodies that he inherited, you know, from from the previous um, administration that, that was there. And no um, – I always, I always hate getting on student-athletes because at the end of the day they're student-athletes. But they yeah. didn't play up to their potential, or the coaching staff that was previously let go couldn't get them to develop the play up to their potential. So Coach Prime had to start from scratch, and it was just been so much criticism on how he was doing it and how you know and he was doing it different from everyone else. But I believe that everyone else saw the formula and saw college football changing with in what he was doing, and that they were jealous because they could not um, do it themselves. So. Once again, big up prime, and you're going to hear a lot of Colorado talk as that's my new team that, you know, I have, you know, <laughs> adopted, and, 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 rightly, and rightly so because, you know, Colorado, you know, des- deserves it. You know, even giving him a chance is, is thinking outside the box and not wanting to go with the norm like they've been previously doing or like everyone else does. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, kudos to, to Colorado for giving him the opportunity. But Deion Sanders, Coach Prime, um, leveraged his visibility and created more visibility right. for himself. And, um, and you know, his son, Deion Jr., if I'm not mistaken, um, is, is the reason for all of his visibility, YouTube and all of that. But, you know, Coach Prime, I think, was the most, most watched coach in 2023. And um, he brought in 50-some new players, you know, 50-some walked out, you know, left, transferred, whatever. Um, And, you know, he he pulled off the first four weeks 
But then, you know, um, I, I don't. I don't think that the offensive line and several other players lived up to the moment. They didn't meet the moment. Maybe I should say that. And I don't want to get on him too much. But now he's had and, the opportunity. And, and some of the coaches. And some of the coaches, you know. But now he's he has the opportunity to revamp. And not only is he revamping and bringing in better talent, um, because there's been some really good commits from um, top 25 ESPN, you know, 24-7, any of those out there that you look at, some really Correct. top commits. But, you know, let's see what he, he does with the, the coaching staff, too. That, that's taken um, a whole new look. Several coaches have gone on to be head coaches. Um, some have just left and, and become coordinators other places. So um, he has a lot going on. But then on top of that, to now say, okay, you know, we're, we're actually going to take advantage of somebody we have right here in house, um, the social media guru himself, who has made himself the most visible person. Um, you know, Coach Fine. And not only did they have press credentials, they had press credentials um, where you can sit in the box and all of that, but they also had um, prime credentials. And you got right. the prime credentials to come onto um, the field. And that was for the Snoop Dogs and everybody else that came that, that looked like a, you know, um, um, a BET concert happening on the no, sidelines right. with so many different, Absolutely. you know, um, celebrities. But um, I want to see what he does in year two because uh, I think they put a lot of stock into him and he sent it back twofold. You know, he generated over a hundred and some million dollars in, in, in revenue for the city. Um, you know, some of the gate um, uh, and concession stands paid the first week for the soccer and the softball team um, for the entire season, um, and and you know, and and then merchandise, <laughs> merchandise and, and just not, flew not, out of the out of the window. So and we'll, not and not we'll see what and happens. not and not and not to mention, he put the nail in the coffin of the of the of the Pac-12. Yeah. So you know he he was he was he was the reason that Colorado became so attractive to the Big Twelve. Yep. Yep. So 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 he's moving the staking. A, a new you know a new conference, and I I think um, no matter where he is, what conference he ended up in, he's gonna do well. I I you know I think he has a formula for for winning and the formula for doing it the right way. Um, and he can attract young men. He can motivate young men. And all that coupled with the with the football team, he obviously can coach. He obviously can well, coach. Oh, I'm waiting ab- for, for year two. Absolutely. And, you know, people always talk about the flash, you know, from Deion Sanders. But Deion Sanders is a old soul. And if you – and I know – that you have on um, Terry Bowden on, on Never Had It So Good Sports Talk Radio. And, folks, you have to go back and check those interviews out with, with, uh, Terry, with Terry Bowden. But he coaches a lot like Bobby Bowden. So he brings discipline. He cares about these athletes, yeah. what they're doing in the classroom. And if you're not making it in the classroom, you're not, you're not on the field. It's like he held back. Kamani McLean and said, hey, Kamani has to take care of business off the field. He didn't really put his yep. business out there in the street, but whatever he was doing, Kamani's parents supported it. 
So that, that kind of shows you the type of discipline and that these parents believe in Coach Prime to send their young men there to elevate them, to turn them, to take them from boys, you know, to men. And that's why we're going to talk about Colorado football and Coach Prime as much as possible. You got a spring game coming up. You got some key visits, you know, coming up, you know, for the Buffaloes. So I'm just interested to see, um, you know, how things are going to happen. So I, so I told you, Princess, and I told the audience, we're going to talk about some Cowboys. So we took this talk on Coach you know, a great Cowboys legend, and Coach Prime, and we got to mm-hmm. talk about the losing of – we just lost Dan Campbell uh, to the Washington Redskins. Um, I'm, I'm a little disappointed, you know, in that because Dan I'm – I'm sorry, Dan Campbell. I'm sorry. <laughs> Dan Quinn. I wish Dan Campbell was the coach <laughs> of the Cowboys. And maybe we can speak that mm-hmm. into um, existence for next year and they fire Mike McCarthy. But uh, – you know, losing Dan Quinn to the Redskins, um, I think it's going to be a key loss for what he was able to bring to the locker room for for the Cowboys. And I know the Cowboys' defense didn't look like, you know, the defense, you know, towards the end and, and losing to, to the Packers. And sometimes I think a loss like that and a letdown can occur when players realize and hear, you know, the rumors that, you know, they could be losing their coach. So and I, so I think that's a factor into the Cowboys' defensive play against the Packers. But I know he brought so much, and I know Jerry Jones, you know, tried to keep him last year when he was thinking about leaving. But to pass up, you know, a head coaching job, and I think Washington did a real thorough job in their coaching, coaching search. And I know um, Josh Harris, uh, the owner – and Magic Johnson, the co-owner of the of the Commanders, you know, really did a thorough job, you know, with the with their research into into interviewing um, candidates. Yeah, I do hope you know they do retain Eric Bieniemy as offensive um, coordinator. So I'm interested to see, you know, what's you know how the Cowboys uh, rebound from that. Do they promote Al Harris, you know, to DC, or does Al Harris? You know, walks and goes with um, with Coach Quinn to the Redskins. So it's going to be interesting for the Cowboys and Jerry Jones. You know, with their next upcoming moves. Yeah, you know, um, I I thought that we um, got all we were going to get from from Dan Quinn. He announced last year that he was coming back to the Cowboys. He wanted one more year, but he was on the list of you know of um, you know, those who were going to interview last year, and I think he may have. But um, I knew this year this year that this was probably his last year. So what I'm sad to see is that he went to the commanders, and I'm surprised that the commanders, um, you know, would go that route. But if there's anybody that knows the rest of the division, the NFC East, it is um, Dan Quinn. And um, I'm glad that he got a second opportunity as head coach. He was defensive coordinator for the Seattle Seahawks, head coach for the Falcons, defensive coordinator for the Florida Gators at at one point. So um, I think he's come full circle. He wanted another opportunity to be the head coach. And I'm hoping that that um, ownership um, where Magic Johnson is a part of that, that they do something now to maybe bring in some African-American coordinators. And I would hope that the enemy is on that list. Um, and if you think about it, um, Thomas, think about this. Kellen Moore 
is more viable um, as an offensive coordinator than the enemy or Byron Leftwich. Um, uh, Clingsbury, Cliff Clingsbury, former Texas Tech, just, <laughs> just got hired by the Raiders. So I want to see, you know, if that pans out in, in Vegas with, with Antonio Pierce. But, you know, right. here we are still left with the enemy still out there. Um, and Byron Leftwich, since he was in talks with the Jaguars and that all fell through, no one's mentioned his name, and I'd like to see those two emerge um, at some point. But now all of the, the coaching has been done. All the coaching, head coaching, hires eight teams has been taken care of. Dave Canellis, who they say is a man of color, is now the head coach for the, the Panthers. Um, and, you know, <laughs> you said we, we're at that point. <laughs> well, that they list him in the, on the, that they being the NFL listed him as a man of color. Um, I think, think he's Latin or Mexican or something like that. Dave Canales, uh, um, the new head coach for the Panthers. So, um, I want to clear that up. They being the NFL list him as a man of color. Well, I, you know, last week we did something over under. You know, I, I, I think I'll give him I'll give him four years and I'll go with the under before the ownership and the stars the medal. Um, we're talking about the commanders or, or the Panthers? The Panthers. Over under oh, yeah. four years. Oh yeah. Three and oh, a half. Yeah. He's on the clock. Right I'll now. take the, the, the exactly. Exactly. Um, I think the organization, the ownership it has has not handled um, things well since um, since drafting Cam Newton, Newton and seeing him emerge and and going going to the Super Bowl since they released Cam Newton. I don't I don't think they've seen you know a good season um, for sure. And I think ma- management, GM, front office ownership has really mishandled the overall running of that franchise. And I I think the over yeah. under for sure. For Bryce Young and what he's, what he's going through right now uh, with, with his development yeah. and, and, all, and also his, his, his confidence. So, you know, I hope he, mm-hmm. he can bounce back because he takes, he takes a beating and he's, a, and he's an Iron Man. You know, he's not someone that's going to flake or play injured. You know, he's going to be out there trying to make, trying to make, trying to make plays, and they don't have an offensive line in place. So I hope they can in, they go. can improve that you know situation around him so that he could be a great game manager. And so while he's developing to become a game changer, you know. So mm-hmm. it's funny now when we talk about managing. You know, we had earlier conversations off air about game changer, game manager, and so so now. It's becoming, you know, the norm in, in sports talk where they criticize Cam Newton for making those statements, making those statements, and they criticize him as, as a human. But now everyone has taken that, and now they run with it. So you hear it all the time now in sports talk radio, you know, game talk, game manager. And I do think he give me give him. Game manager, game changer. I think he can be, become a game changer because he was a game changer at the highest level at Alabama. I think with giving the right tools, he can repeat. He can repeat that, and he's a winner. 
Yeah. Um, Bryce Young came into an organization um, that didn't have an offensive line, and he went through the entire season where he was running for his life. Um, as a matter of fact, he was yeah. out two games with uh, with a sprained ankle or high ankle sprain. I'm not for sure which one they, they label it. I think it was but, high ankle sprain, yeah. Yeah, but um, and he was a rookie. So you throw him right into the fire, and you don't have a front, um, an offensive line that can protect him. I think they had the most sacks in the in, NFL as far as an offensive line this year, um, kind of like you know Chicago did with Justin Fields, and I don't I don't understand that. But now he gets an opportunity with a whole new staff. Let's see what happens um, and see where they can go. You know the coach coming in was the offensive coordinator. I want to say for the Seahawks, I'm not for sure, right. but no, yeah, he was. Right. Or maybe he was Tampa Bay. Um, I can't remember, but he is an offensive coordinator and a and a quarterback whisperer. Let's see what he can do with Bryce Young. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Or let's see if um, if Carolina has has the investment time, you know, into Bryce Young. Do they look Do they look for another quarterback if one falls in their lap in the draft? You know, you, you never know with with a new coach coming in. Does he want to work with the old, That's or does true. he want to start, you know, start fresh with someone maybe a little, a little taller? So that's going to be interesting to see. Um, you know, one thing, for instance, I was, um, you know, curious about. You know, when we look at the defensive play for the Ravens in the NFC Championship game, and then they lose, you know, Mike McDonald. And I know sometimes, once again, when you lose someone critical to the staff, and there's whispers about it. Sometimes, you know, the players don't show up. Um, so this, to me, was an interesting, you know, hire. I thought, you know, Seattle could have done a lot, you know, a lot better. I would have liked to see them, you know, interview the defensive coordinator for, for the Lions um, yeah. over, over, Mike, over Mike McDonald. But, you know, that's not even here or there. But, you know, it's still, you know, a very good hire for the future him becoming the youngest um, NFL coach. So it looked like mm-hmm. they wanted to build, you know, around, around him. And Pete Carroll, hand is still, you know, in the organization, you know, with, with this hire. Well, that thought. means, too, though, that there is a trend um, that everybody's moving towards a youth movement. Um, I know right. that uh, commanders, you know, Dan Quinn is pretty old, but Dave Canales is, is in that young group, <clears throat> Mike McDonald, right. um, even Raheem Morris uh, um, is, is out there in that young group. It's not like Antonio Pierce is, is very old or Gerard Mayo. So there seems like that is correct. a little bit of, mm-hmm, of a youth movement. Um, and then and the Ravens, they have now promoted within Zachary Orr um, to defensive coordinator. He's, he's a young um, young guy too that that played in the NFL. That's been, I think, he was coaching the linebacker. So now he's defensive coordinator. So they have hired within. Um, so let's see. But what they have said, without saying it out loud, is that mm, we're going to go a little bit younger. And Bill Belichick is still sitting out there. Um, Pete Carroll is moving up to the front office. But you'd have to that's think correct. if somebody had off throw, thrown a lot of money at him that maybe he would have taken some. Um, and then Harbaugh is out with the Chargers, um, his second opportunity in the NFL. Um, it's going to be an interesting year, but in that you will see 
um, some more African-American faces on the sidelines as head coach. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think with um, Belichick, I think his, his time is done. His style of coaching, you know, is yeah. is done. You know, and it looks like the owners are looking for a certain look to represent their their franchises. There's someone that looks the part. And, and you look at um, Belichick, the aesthetics. <laughs> and, 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 and I don't, I don't, I don't judge people. You know, that's one thing that you can't control. You know, you look the way you look, but mm-hmm. you can't control the way you appear, the way in front of the camera. You know, is you know his hair is not cut. You know, the way his sweatshirts it looks like he, he got one <laughs> from the bottom of the closet. So and he and he grumbles when he communicates. That's not something – that's not – if I was owner, I wouldn't want him representing my franchise. Now, I would want him in my organization to play a, 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 back, a back office role because he does know talent. You know, he, he, his man knows football, but not as, not as a new face, the new face of my franchise. I, I, I wouldn't want that, and I believe that's why you're not going to see him you get hired as a as a head coach. You know, and I'm not a defender. I'm not a defender of Bill Belichick, but he does rumble um, in press conference and when posed <laughs> questions because he's not trying to give away much. But I've been around <laughs> Bill Belichick at the University of Florida. Um, I, but I've been around him in in other social settings. He's the life of the party. He doesn't talk like that Are at you all. Serious? He's the life of the party. <laughs> And very engaging, very engaging, laughing, you know, sitting down, talking, no rumbling whatsoever, you know, no no uh, kind of stern face, none of that, none wow. of that. So, so, um, so that just goes to, goes, to, goes to say that he doesn't like being in front of the camera. But what, no, but what he owners, doesn't. Owners, what owners are looking for now, they're looking for a guy that can be a, a PR spokesman in the head coach, and I believe that's one of the reasons why mm-hmm. the enemy it is it has been discounted as as mm-hmm. a head coach because of aesthetics. And I think you know there's nothing wrong with Eric Bieni the way he looks, but he reminds me in his communication. I don't know if you remember Ray Rhodes. I, I would put the oh, enemy wow. in, in that. Eagles Ray Rhodes. In, in, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, re, I will put him in that same in that same type category. And I, I think mm-hmm. that's a shame because I think with the enemy as a head coach, you know, I think he would get something special. And I just hope one day we find out. Yeah, you know, I think um, we are maybe this is a result, too, of D'Amico Ryans having so much success um, with, right. the, with the Texans and him being a former player, a former D.C., and they have really gone after that. You know, Antonio Pierce, former player, um, former D.C. Uh, Gerard Mayo, former player and, and, and former on, on that staff. And you're right. I think the aesthetics are what they are when you look at these gentlemen. And the same thing with Raheem Morris. Um, played right. in, you know, and then, then coached up on that. I think, if I'm not mistaken, Tony Dungy first and then moved on from there. So I think there's a, a lot of validity to what you're saying. 
Um, and if that is true, go get Mike McCarthy and let's go ahead and start over. <laughs> Yeah, give me a give me a new coach um, um, besides Mike McCarthy, um, and I will be pleased with that for sure. So, um, uh, yeah, we lost our our co-host or our host for for just a moment. We got it back here in the system. Um, I was just talking away about replacing Mike McCarthy. If we're talking about aesthetics, and go get me someone else. Um, <laughs> CJ, what are your thoughts about that? <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Or Jerry Jones, just surround him with the right with the right pieces. You know, he cannot yeah. lose. He cannot lose Al Harris. You know, I, no. I heard the name. There was, there was Jack Del Rio um, being floated, like almost, you know, no. some type of some type of change. You know, uh, swap there. And I'm like, you can't. You can't do that. You, you mm-hmm. can't do that. Um, but I would, I would like I said, I'm a big fan of the defensive coordinator um, from from Detroit. You know, I would like to see him, you know, you know, get a shot at the Cowboys. But once again, why do you the Cowboys are not, you know, attractive if Jerry Jones is still going to be in the mix, you know, um, you know, meddling? And I know, you know, he's going to be at the NFL Combine. Just like you know, he's a scout. He's probably gonna be the only owner, you know, at the combine. He's at the senior. Yeah. He's at the senior. He's at the senior bowl. So I don't know how many coaches, unless you're just looking to get an opportunity, will actually want that, knowing that the owner's weigh is weighing in, and you know, on, you know, on the coaching situation is doing press conferences and everything. Unless it was a bill check. Because Belichick doesn't want to do the press conferences. He just wants to coach. So that could yeah. be an interesting, you know, marriage, you know, right there. I, I would I would love it because I think Belichick would get tired of him, you know, weighing in and coming in the locker room. He probably would put him out just like um, Jimmy Johnson and Bill, Par- and Bill Parcells did. I agree with you. I agree with you. Um, Thomas, we're in the overtime. As a matter of fact, shout out to Kevin Walker who listened to the entire show. He said, um, at oh, the end, it, 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 it disconnected him. Um, but um, very well done, sir. Very well done. Thank you. you no, know, you make you make my job you make my job easy. And folks, you know, once again, you listen to the crossroads of life and sports intersect. You know, we're into overtime right now, but we're gonna have to get ready to get out of here. But join us again next Friday. 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, where we'll you know do this all over. Enjoy yourself. Stay safe. Stay prayed up. God bless. Peace.